Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. The book of Matthew, chapter 28. I'll take you there quickly. The book of Matthew, chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. Matthew 28 and verse 1. When you have it, just say amen. The Bible says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said come see the place where the lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he goeth before you into galilee there shall you see him lo i have told you if you'll quickly turn me to first corinthians 15 and 55 first corinthians 15 and 55 O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? If you'd allow me a few moments on an Easter Sunday morning, I would like to preach to you on this subject. This is not the end. This is not the end. Would you put your hands together? God, we love you today. We worship you. Bless this service today. Bless your word today. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. Put your hands together. Lift his up. Lift his name up. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Shout it again in Jesus' name. God bless you and you may be seated in Jesus' name. I taught this morning on uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. I taught about the power of a prayer meeting. Jesus went to that Garden of Gethsemane before he was betrayed by Judas and brought into captivity by the Roman guard and lied upon by the Jewish people and eventually put to death. He was in that garden and he had a prayer meeting and he prayed, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, let this cup pass from me if it can. But I understand that everything may not go my way sometimes and I may not get what I want to get. So Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Is there anybody like that in the room today that has that prayer? Lord, I'm going through some stuff. There's some trouble in my life. There's some trial in my life. I know you can make a way. I know you're a way maker. I know you're a healer. I know you're a redeemer. 
redeemer. I know you're a deliverer, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If you fix it, I will praise you. But if you don't fix it, I'm going to praise you anyway because you're still God. Is there anybody like that in the room today that says, Lord, if you fix it, I'm going to give you glory. But if you don't fix it, I'm still going to give you glory. Amen. Jesus is brought to that place. He is taken into captivity. They take him and they uh, spit upon him and they beat him with a reed. The Bible says that they would smite him with a reed and then they would ask him to prophesy and ask him who was it that smote you. They lined the Roman soldiers up and allowed them to slap him in the face. Every time he was slapped, I guarantee you that it brought pain and tears to his eyes, redness to his face, bruising to his cheekbones as he was slapped and ridiculed. They sped upon him and they mocked him. They took a crown of thorns, thick giant thorn bushes, and made a crown of thorns and they shoved it on his head pushing the thorns into the skin around his skull blood began to pour out his face swollen his face bruised and the crown of thorns shoved upon his head they brought him out to mock him and to scorn him they set him up on a pedestal and made mockery of him they brought people out one after the other who accused him of things he didn't do put words in his mouth, lied upon him, told every kind of lie they could imagine on him, but he opened not his mouth to defend himself. He stood before Pilate, and Pilate said, I find no fault in this man, and he washed his hands of the whole ordeal, and he said, let his blood be upon you and be upon your children. He said, what man would you have today? Barabbas, who is a known murderer, a known criminal, a known man man of the night. Choose him or choose Jesus. And the crowd opened their mouth and said, give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. He was uh, sent to his death by the very people that he came to save. He was sent to his death by the very people that he desired to reach. They sped upon him, mocked him, and then sent him to his death. They took him and tied him to a post, his hands high above his head, as to pull the skin on his back very tightly. His hands high above his head, so to pull the skin on his back very tightly. And then a Roman soldier took a specially designed whip called the cat of nine tails. It was a whip with nine lashes on it. Inside those lashes, long lashes of leather were bits of metal, sharp pieces of glass, sharp pieces of marble, and different types of hooks. If you just Google it, just Google the cat of nine tails, you will see what it really looked like. That Roman soldier was trained on giving those lashes, and they would swing it out, swing it through the body and push it through as to grab the skin and the flesh and to rip it and to cut it and to pull it. He received 39 of those lashes. Most men didn't make it off of that post. During the crucifixion moment, 
Most men didn't live past this moment. They died because of blood loss and they would just take them and bury them there. But Jesus survived. The Bible says by his stripes, we were healed by his stripes. We were healed. I want to just say this. I preached a message here several months ago, but I want to just throw this in. I I hope you know today that the only thing Jesus had to do was die. The only thing he had to do was give up his life. But he went through all the pain so that he could know our suffering. He went through all the betrayal so he can know what it is like to be betrayed. He went through the mockery so he would know what it's like to be mocked. He went through the spit upon so he would know what it's like when people spit on you and mock you and scorn you and despitefully use you all he had to do was die but he took those whips on his back so that he would cure cancer so that he could cure diabetes so he could cure by his stripes we are healed and our transgressions were put upon him all he had to do was die but he allowed himself to go through pain and suffering so that you could have everlasting life and not just life but life more abundantly they took him down from the whipping post 39 lashes he received save one they took him down they put the cross on his shoulder they made him carry the cross to the place of crucifixion Uh, he could not carry the cross the weight of it was too much probably loss of blood and all of the pain that he had been through finally eventually they got someone from the crowd a man by the name of Simon to carry the cross for him as he carried it up Golgotha's hill They laid that cross down on the ground. They laid that cross down on the ground. They stretched him out on it. And in each hand, right through the the middle of the bone so that the skin and the flesh would not rip out under the weight of it. It was a design where they would put the nail in his hand right through the bone or in between the bones so to hold him up. They took that hammer, lifted it high above their head and smashed that iron spike down through his skin, breaking all the capillaries, piercing the veins as blood began to flow again. Again, as the nails went down deep inside of his hand, as they pounded him deep inside each hand, they took his feet and put them together and right above the ankle in the soft spot. Later on today, you can feel for it. There's a soft spot right above where your foot goes up and there's a soft spot right there. They took a long spike and drove it through his feet, through one foot first and then through the other into the wood. They drove him there. They nailed him there to that tree they lifted him up from the earth for if the son of man would be lifted up from the earth he would draw all men unto him they lifted him up from the earth and dropped him into the hole and set him there on that tree as he hung there bleeding and naked before everybody I know in the picture you have at home in the cute picture you have of Jesus he's got a little loincloth on but ladies and gentlemen he was humiliated he didn't have that cloth on in real life he was naked in front of his mother in front of all those women he was humiliated this is the passion of Christ this is how he paid 
for your mess and my mess. This was the requirement, the requirement of sacrifice and the requirement of blood so that I could be free from my sins and live a life eternal with Christ my Savior. As he hung on the cross, but the weight of his body pushing down, he would have to push up on his feet, push up on that nail and raise his body up so that his rib cage would not crush his lungs and he could take a breath and eventually the other two uh, thieves that were on the cross with him they eventually came around and broke their legs so that they could not push up any longer and take air into their lungs he lifted up his voice and he said Eli Eli lama sabathani in other words he said it is finished my God my God why hast thou forsaken me then he prayed this prayer Father, forgive them. (laughs) What an example of Christ. What an example of Christianity to forgive those that despitefully use you, to love your enemy. God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're doing. They're killing the only Savior. But it is needs to be so. It needs to be this way. This is how it's got to be. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then in his final moments, he said, it is finished. No longer able to push, no longer able to breathe, the Bible says, and he gave up the ghost. When they came to break his legs, someone said, he's already dead. This is the end. This is the end. This is when it's over. Hell has won. Christ is dead. He can no longer raise the sick. He can no longer cure the blinded eyes. He can no longer make the dumb speak. He's gone. He's old news. He isn't who he said he is. He, he's not who he said he was. He was a, a procrastinator. He, he was a liar. He, he wasn't. He was an imposter. He wasn't the true God. He wasn't the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was a blasphemer and a liar. And this is the end. They took him and put him in a borrowed tomb. And when the Sabbath day had ended, when the Sabbath day had come to an end, at the dawn of a new day, at the dawn of a new day, Mary came to weep. Mary Magdalene came to mourn this Jesus. She came to maybe put flowers by the tomb and to weep and cry. But little did she know that this is not the end. When she came to that place where he lay, the Bible said that the angel of the Lord had already descended from heaven and he came and rolled back the stone from the door and he sat upon it and waited and he said why do you look for the living among the dead why are you looking for him here there's nobody in this tomb this is an empty tomb this 
is not the end. This is not the end. A matter of fact, this is the beginning. This is how it begins. I know in our economy, this is how it ends. But in God's economy, this is how it begins. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I want to tell somebody in the room today, God gave us a great example. Jesus Christ, the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth, gave us a great example. When you think it's over, it is not over. When you think this is the end, it's only the beginning. When you think all hope is gone, lift your eyes to the hills from which come with your help because this is not the end. I know it's Easter Sunday, but I came with a word of encouragement for somebody. The devil has told you it's over. The devil has told you I won. I got you. There's nothing else you can do, but the devil is a liar, always been a liar, always going to be a liar, and the father of lies. This is not the end. Your family is going to make it. Your marriage is going to make it. Your children are going to make it. You're going to make it. Somebody ought to lift your voice in the house of the Lord today and shout, this is not the end. I know it's dark. Oh, I know it's dark, but weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. He stayed there Friday night. He stayed there Saturday night, but early he got up. I want to tell somebody today, just like Jesus went through all of his stuff, you may be going through some stuff, and it may seem like the end. It may seem like it's over. It may seem like there's no more door. It may seem like there's no more way. But God said, I am the door. And he said, I am the way. No man cometh to the Father but by me. When it seemed like it's over, I got some good news for somebody in the room. It ain't over. It's just beginning. In the world's economy, this is how it ends. In our culture's economy, this is how it ends. But in God's economy, he says, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. I'm about to resurrect you. I'm about to bring you out. The book of Romans chapter 8 verse 10 through 11 said, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwell. The same spirit that raised him up is the same spirit that's going to raise me up. I wish I had some help in the room right now. The same spirit that set him free is the same spirit that's going to set you free. The same spirit that made a way out of no way for him is the same spirit that's going to make a way out of no way for you. It's that same spirit. Somebody shout, this is not the end. Now say it to yourself. Now say it to the devil. Say it to God. Shout it again. This is not the end.
Don't weep for me. Don't shed no tears for me. God's working this out. Don't feel sorry for me. God's working this out. God's in control for all things. Somebody shout all things. All things work for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. And I love the Lord, and I know he's working it out for my good. It may seem bleak. It may seem dreary. It may seem impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. With you, it might be. But with God... nothing is impossible this is not the end this is not the end I'm reminded of many stories in the Bible and I'm almost finished I'm reminded of many stories in the Bible where it seemed like the end Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego Nebuchadnezzar said heat up the furnace seven times hotter Get the strong men to bind them hand and foot. Throw them in the fire. And it seemed like the end. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was saying. Nebuchadnezzar was saying, this is the end. But he turned to his advisors and he said, didn't we throw three men bound in the fire? Yes, sir, we did. Then why do I see four men loosed in the fire? And the fourth man, he kind of looks like the son of God. Listen, when the enemy says it's over, God said it's not over. It's just beginning. This is not the end. They threw Daniel in the lion's den and they said, this is the end. But early in the morning, the king came and said, Daniel, are you alive? And he said, oh, king, live forever. Your servant Daniel is alive. For the angel of the Lord came and shut the lion's mouth. The enemy thought it was over, but God said it's just beginning. The enemy thought they were through, but it was just the beginning. They beat Paul and Silas. They put them in the, in the, in the deep prison. They put them underneath the jail, so to speak. But the Bible says around midnight, Paul and Silas said, you know what? It's over. This is the end. But something happened in their spirit. And they said, you know what? We ought to just sing a little song. And they started singing, when I was in prison, Somebody touch me when I was in prison. Somebody touch me when I was in prison. Somebody touch me. It must have been the hand of the Lord. I feel like praising, praising him. I feel like praising, praising him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the dungeon. Praise him all night long. And the Bible says that it seemed like the end. Somebody help me right now. It seemed like the end. But an earthquake came. It seemed like it was over. But the jail began to shake. And the chains fell off. And Paul and Silas were delivered. Shout it with me again. This is not the end. Stay with me all over the room. I could probably preach 30 more minutes like this. It's feeling good in the room to me right now. The gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel, Pastor Shea? This is the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the soon return. Death, repentance. Burial, baptism. Resurrection, the infilling, the Holy Ghost, the power. 
Christ in you, the same spirit. Really, it's just a testimony that it's not over. This is not the end. There's some of you in here, this is how you feel right now. You got the, you got the towel, and you're about right here. You're so ready to call it. Let's call it. Let's call the game. It's over. This is the end. And you're about right here, ready to throw in the towel. And the enemy has filled your head full of lies. You're not going to make it. You're not going to come out of this. You're not going to be whole. You're not going to be healed. This is, this is not, not going to go your way. But the gospel says that when it seems like it's over, that's usually when it's just starting. Ooh. When it seems like there's no more way, that's usually when, right about then, is where God shows up. Exodus chapter 3 tells us, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led them to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. The mountain of God is where God speaks. The mountain of God is where God opens his mouth. But where is the mountain of God at? On the backside of the desert. It's not on the mountaintop. It's not where we think it is. The mountain of God is all the way back there where it seems like it's over. The voice of God speaks when you quit talking. Sometimes God can only speak when you run out of stuff to say. And God puts you in a place sometimes and he strips everything away from you. Sometimes just so we could just be still and know that he is God. And I want to speak into some situations today, some families, some lives. I want to speak into some worlds today and tell you this fact. This is not the end. And if it feels that way, that's a good sign that God's just around the corner. <laughs> if it feels like it's almost over, that's a good sign that God's about to show up. If it feels like I can't take one more day of this, that's a good sign that God's got a word waiting on you. If you feel like one more, one, I can't take it, this is the last straw. Then God says, okay, now it's time to step in. Because uh, he knows that if you can fix it, You'll pose for the picture. He knows if you can fix it, you'll take the plaque home, put it on display. He knows if you can make a way out of no way, you'd have already made it. But when it's only him and could only be him, he gets all the glory. Let me just prove that to you real fast. 
It would have been easy for someone to come in the middle of the night and roll that stone away. Nobody would have known the difference. But the Romans had heard that the Jews may do that. And so they put a, a centurion guard over that tomb. They put a centurion guard over the tomb to guard it day and night. The Bible says when the angel of the Lord came, it made them fall down like dead men. And we might not believe the Jews, but we'll believe a centurion guard. We were just standing here and a light shone from heaven and every one of us fell on the ground. Hey, who's going to believe Mary? Mary, you're his friend. Nobody's going to believe you. You love him, Mary. Nobody's going to believe you. But they couldn't deny that Roman guard. They said, no, no. We were here all night. We were on guard all night long. We don't know how that stone got rolled away. We don't know where he went. We don't know how he got out. Because when God does it, he'll do it in such a way that only he can get the credit. He said, I will share my glory with no other. Your answer today is God. That's your answer. It's not me. I'm not your answer. Truth Chapel is not your answer. God is your answer. His name is Jesus Christ. And he knows what it's like for it to be the end. He has dealt with it. He has dealt with finality. But he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he is the risen Savior, King, and Lord. All power is in his hand. And he wants you to know today that that same God is on your side. And this is not the end. Would you lift your hands all over this room right now? Bow your head. In the name of Jesus, I pray over this assembly today, God. I pray for every family that is represented here today on Easter Sunday. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.